It is the Anfield wrap on the day Liverpool are sort of going to break their record transfer. Uh, not quite, because add-ons make these things complicated these days. Uh, but it's an exciting time as ever to be a Liverpool supporter. They're all exciting times at the moment. We will be live in London on the 9th of July to look ahead to what could be a phenomenal season from a Liverpool point of view. A big man, a big man added to spearhead the Liverpool attack. Have you met, have I mentioned yet? He is a big man. Uh, and that is part of what the whole thing is about. So come and see us in London and Hackney at Earth on the 9th of July. Really looking forward to that. Uh, download the app as well for more stuff about the big man and other associated issues all the way through Liverpool Football Club all the time. The Anfield Rap app on Google Play or Apple Store. Uh, that is correct. Well done. With me, I've got Mike Kearney, I've got Paul Senior, I've got Ian Ryan to talk about. This could end up being Liverpool's transfer record, Ian Ryan. It's certainly the most we've ever spent on a forward. Uh, Liverpool's transfer record is Virgil van Dijk. It was at the time the most anyone had ever spent on a centre-half. Their number two signing of all time is Alison Becker. It was at the time the most anyone's ever spent on a goalkeeper. Uh, Liverpool, when they move, they very much move these days. That appears to be a pattern. Yeah, they're not messing about. It's good to see. I think, you know, it's another signal to us how important it is for this manager to get players in nice and early before pre-season. So... I don't expect this to be the last one, Neil, in the, in the coming weeks. I think he'll want them all in as quick as he possibly can. Obviously, you can't always you know, get them over the line uh, at the earliest opportunity, but that is a thing, I think, for Liverpool, especially when we know how much goes into pre-season. We know how much the manager holds a really good pre-season, uh, uh, pre-season I should say. So I think, yeah, really, really good addition. I think everything we've seen so far, we've not seen loads. I certainly haven't seen loads, but you know, we've seen the little bits against us, um, all the reports, all the goals on YouTube and stuff. It all points to a, a really, really strong addition. And I think he's something a little bit different. You know, he is, you've mentioned there, he is a big man. Um, you know, he's coming in at what, six foot two, loads of goals. And I think Liverpool are just, again, looking to operate really smartly in the transfer market where they're getting a footballer on the right trajectory because he's had that big season last year where he seems to come alive. And I think it's 26 league goals, over 30 in all comps. You know, the season before that in Portugal, it's not quite kind of those levels. I think he only scores six, he underperforms his XG, he overperforms it by about seven last season. So it looks like, they're really trying to be smart again and getting this football in just as it's about to go big numbers wise. Trajectory is interesting, Mike, isn't it? You know, Liverpool. I think they pick the moments. The 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 smart with what they want and when they get them. Uh, other ones that are, I think, worth worthy of remarking on are Fabinho and Keita. Keita gets deferred for a season, which I think frustrates Liverpool. But they get Fabinho in when they feel as though they need him as well. Another very, very, very big signing for the position. The most we've ever spent on a number six, for want of a better way to frame it. Uh, and Liverpool have got the, the what they expect. The other part of this, which is great, which got my attention as well, is a six-year deal. Liverpool, the manager will end up saying it, I think, a bit, a bit in the first half of the season. We haven't bought him for the the first three months we're buying him for six years six years is one hell of a contract to give him yeah he's got that there hasn't he for for Nunes more than anything really because if he comes in and, and doesn't hit the ground you know what the you know what the headlines are going to be you know what the other fans are going to be saying we're not soft you know we, we've never seen a, a bad Diaz, uh, Diaz this season where he's been dropped in and, and played straight away Robertson Fabinho they've all had time to to get used to the system to to, to know what to do in training so I us, we, we all know what we might see. We all know what we hope. Like we all hope that he hits the ground running, and and starts banging the goals in the straight away. But if we don't, it's, it's not like we're dry, are we? You know, we've got Diaz, we've got Salah, Jota, we've got we've all sorts of players that he's going to be bedding in with and, and learning how to play with really. And at the ages, he's about he's about to turn twenty three soon. Turns twenty three in a few so days. So we've got him for we've got him for a large part of 
with that six-year deal being a thing now, uh, which I think you'll see more of uh, as football goes now. The way you know, well, we've got we've had money, haven't we, for six years? You'd say this year if he leaves. Yeah. Um, and Salah will end up doing six years if he leaves on a free in the summer, which I hope he doesn't. But if he does, you're starting to see people do see the contracts out, and and if we can get someone to sign for a six-year period of what you expect Nunes to end up being, um, you know, obviously we've seen him twice this season, and he's. He's committed, you know. He's, he's he's had battles with Canate. He's had battles with Virgil. He knows what he's coming into, and he's also that's that's his training now. It's not. He's never going to play against as good a defender again. He's yeah. never going to play against as good a line again. He scores loads of goals offside against us, doesn't he? And uh, you know, I, 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 we've got one of the best lines in Europe. So I, I, I fancy us to to really see what we we hope. I, I think he, you know, I'm not going to put numbers out there for him. He's, he'll have that in his own head, but. Uh, you know he's going to score goals this season. He's going to score a lot of them because he's going to get a lot of chances. The the position and the expectations on the footballer Paul I think is really interesting. His numbers around you know Benfica, with two exceptions, every time they step onto the pitch in Portugal, they're the best side. So someone's got to put those teams to the sword. Mm-hmm. For us, you know, every time we play a Premier League game, with the exception of playing Manchester City home and away, and maybe Chelsea away. With the best side, the expectations are that we, we we go and do the bits and pieces. So trying to position the expectations on the football that I think is a little bit difficult, but he's done that job. He's done, had the idea of, well, I'm playing for the side who are superior every single time we step onto the pitch, apart from when we play Porto or Sporting. That's where we are. And then this season, he's gone and got the goals. Liverpool, my point here is that Liverpool are buying someone who knows how to be a flat track bully. He's just been one, and that's what we actually need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and... and Obviously, the experience of that in Portugal will help them. When we've seen that players from Portugal can hit the ground running, and that's that's encouraging for me because I, th- I think the quality across some of the leagues in Europe at the moment isn't isn't as great. And when you when you're seeing players from Portugal come in and have an impact already, then it gives you a little bit more belief in the signing, doesn't it? But my my big concern is obviously who he's replacing in Sadio Mane, and that that's <clears throat> that's the biggest pressure on him. I feel because obviously there's. For me, for me, one of the best players in the world, leaving the club, um, so it's big shoes to fill, and that's that's that, that's the pressure Nunes gets. And my my concern for the summer, and I'm surprised we haven't this this hasn't been how it is, is that we've actually gone out and done this deal. Uh, and it's nice to see that you say that that is what Liverpool seems to be about now. You know, where okay, Sadio's leaving, and we're going to go and spend 100 million euros. Do you think, he's, do you think Diaz? So my thing is, I think he replaces Salah. In the way Liverpool will view their football, I think he replaces Salah. So I think Jota is replaces Firmino, and I'm not. It doesn't have to be literally in the same position. This isn't what I mean. My point is, my argument is, I still expect, as I've expected every year since he arrived, Liverpool's top scorer come the end of the season will be Salah. Mm-hmm. I now expect, with the exception of the first eight games of his first season, I now expect not this season necessarily, but next season. 2023, 2024, Liverpool's top scorer will be Darwin Nunes. That's what I expect, if you sort of know what I mean. So forget literally the roles. I sort of wonder if Diaz is there to replace Mane. That's already done. And Liverpool are just sort of one step ahead with this Jota's replacing Firmino. And here's, and not say they're the same footballer, but they're going to end up doing similar sort of things. I think it's important um, to, to have that, that evolution of the team in mind. These, these guys are... You know the 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 greatest failing of any, any successful managers when they never change the team. You know I think even when Alex Ferguson left Manchester United, he left them in a bit of a mess. You know buys Robin van Persie as a short term sign, and where Jurgen Klopp's just signed for another four years, and he's going okay. Well, I've had I've had me worth out of Mo, Bobby, and uh, and Sadio. So what 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 comes next? And if that's 
you know, Diaz, Nunes, and maybe Jota, or maybe another that that's still yet to come to the club. Then, you know, then then that's great. But he needs to start building his second team at Liverpool, and it seems like that 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 is what he's doing pretty well. But what we what we're seeing at other clubs, namely Real Madrid, is that there's integration with the the older player and the younger player, and that's that's proven to be a really good model there. So, you know, if you if you're Camavinga and you're learning from Tony Cruz or Casemiro, yep. then that's good. You know, if it's going to be sure many for them knocking around with Luka Modric, great Benzema for Vinicius or Rodrigo. Well, yeah, Rodrigo, any of these lads, it's a great model that Real Madrid have sort of put forward, and they suffered for a few years trying to integrate that. And now the European champions, I say suffers, they've won, I don't know, in the Champions League, but they haven't been like swashbuckling or conquering Real Madrid, even though they've managed to somehow get so many European Cups. Um, but for Liverpool, from our position, I, I think it's just, uh, I think it's refreshing to see us go, because I, I, I worried going into the summer when it started to turn the man, the man he's going to go, I was like, well, you've got Jota and you've got Diaz and you've got uh, you've still got Mo for the year and then they bought Cavallo, Will will that do? And maybe to just keep holding in Amino and we get through because we've we've been guilty of that I think in the past and they haven't. They've gone to the well. They spent hundred million euros and there we go. There's, there's the, I I think what we're seeing, Ian is, is this sort of constant evolution. You know, Carvalho for instance could end up replacing you know or having a lot of similar attributes to Firmino himself. I've mentioned Jota there as well. There is this for me this, uh, you know I. I feel as though this guy could be the final replacement for the front three, uh, even though, you know, Salah is still here. We have to work on, and so is Firmino for that matter. You know, I don't think there's, I don't think it's nailed on that Firmino goes next summer. Um, I think he may well end up being in a James Milner situation where he's, he, he gets offered deals that he might not want to accept or might choose over a period of time to accept. I mean, do we have to work on the basis that Salah goes next summer? Regardless, I think this is constant evolution. I think the thing we know is Liverpool aren't prepared to change the wage structure and the wage culture for Mahat Salah. That's now absolutely crystal clear, and I'll come back around onto that but my point is more this is constant evolution Diaz turns 26 in January Jota 26 in December Nunes is 23 in a few days the manager's contract as Paul has just said runs till 2026 it's reasonable to expect all these players the three I've just mentioned plus Carvalho to still be Liverpool players in the season 2024-2025 you know this is this is clearly the next phase of what this manager's doing yeah it's succession planning and you've got to do that I mean that the challenge of Manchester City is not going away. So Liverpool have got to, to be smart. We know we can't necessarily compete with them financially, but we can't. Um, so we have to be a little bit smarter and a little bit cuter. And I think, you know, this this signing points to that, Neil, I think. I think what gives me real comfort is, and there's been a lot of chat about, you know, how good is Nunes? And I don't think we'll actually know until you start to see him in a, in a Klopp team. But they get so many of these signings right now the, the hit rate's unbelievable, to be honest. It's really difficult to think of signings, and there's not many that have come into the club in the last four or five years and not really added value. So I think from that kind of point of view, you are really thinking this player is going to add something. And, you know, you've even got to, if you think back to how Klopp described them after we played Benfica, and I think, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but it was something along the lines of he's going to have one hell of a career if he stays healthy. And it just so happens that career is going to be the best part of it with Liverpool Football Club and under this manager as well, which is even better. So I think, you know, that gives me loads of um, kind of food for thought really about just where they see this player in the next kind of two, three, four years. You know, how good is he going to become? And I think it's always interesting how your peers talk about you as well. And I think there's been a lot of chat from other 
kind of real senior Uruguayan footballers and they've had a real kind of talent pipeline by the way for the country under 4 million how they keep producing top centre forward you know you go back to the mid 90s when Rakoba kind of came on the scene and then there's Forlan and there's Cavani who I think he modelled his game on a little bit from what I've read and obviously Tarapt, Suarez Tarapt as well whose plays with him has compared him to a combination of Cavani and Torres that's what Tarapt yeah, yeah which you can him. see to be honest there was something online I saw last night comparing some of Torres goals to, to, to his goals and you know there is a likeness in terms of how he finishes I think the work rate and the ethic he's certainly taken some of that from Cavani but all those those three I've mentioned, Forlan, Cavani and Suarez, at some point in the recent kind of past, they've all championed them to, to clubs that they've played for. So Cavani was very front foot and telling Man United they should be looking at this footballer because he's that good. Suarez, similar with Barcelona. I think if your peers are saying that about you and talking you up in those terms, there's obviously a player there that is about to really hit heights. And I think, you know, we've seen a little bit of that. There's glimpses, as I say, the Anfield stuff, where I thought he was good. You know, he causes one or two problems over at their place as well. Um, but there's real signs that this is one hell of a footballer that we've got our hands on. As for the Mo Salah stuff, still think it's up in the air, Neil. I don't think we know yet. I think, you know, that the next few weeks, few months are going to be interesting. You know, most put out there what he wants. It doesn't appear that the club are willing to budge too much on that front. I think we're seeing as well, <clears throat> with, the, with the six-year contract, Liverpool, are, Liverpool are more than uh, more than willing to just go. All right, this might be your only contract that you have, and we're seeing this with a couple of players now. Where you see where Kite is arriving to, and you know Salah himself, Gini Wijnaldum, Emery Chan for me. There's 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 a few of these where you go. This is your contract. We'll we'll happily spread that transfer fee out over these next six years. If you want to sign another contract, it'll be on our terms, or or you go at the end of it, and we'll. Uh, it's interesting when the the initial FSG model that we were all pitched was that they will buy low, sell high. Well, it's buy reasonable on low wages, and if they want to sign, they sign. But we will not break our our, our structure for them. And I think that is that the application of that is the most solid. And it's, oh, I think you're seeing in this um, in this contract for Nunes that it, it, that that might even apply for him on day one. You know. Um, so I think I think Liverpool are are ahead in in these contracts and player value games because we've been talking over the last couple of days, Neil, about who's up. And I think once you once a player's got you within t- the two year radar of of a and you contract two years, not even a year, I think you're in big big trouble. And there's some, I think the footballers are now seeing, obviously Mbappe being the the leading light in uh, signing on fees. Well, rather than that money going in a transfer fee, that can come to me. And I'll, I'll, the power will all stay with me, but I think Liverpool are resisting that and they're buying very, very well young and, you know, Ian, Ian touched on it there. Our success rate in the transfer market is absolutely unbelievable. I can't believe, I can't remember the last time we signed a bad player. So I think the power is we find players in Portugal. We don't have to go for the obvious choice. It doesn't have to be Mbappe. It doesn't have to be Haaland. We've gone from the Portuguese league and I think, I think we'll be proved right again with this one. I think the thing with that is we need to... Jürgen Klopp always says about the system being the best player. We go back to that with Coutinho, don't you? He, he loves him and he fits him in and he wants him to stay and says, look, we stay here and we'll build a statue of you. Go somewhere else and you'll just be another player. And he, Barcelona was always a dream, so you can't really hold it against him. If he wants to go to Barcelona, he went, but we got the best money we could and then we went and gone and got Alisson and Van Dijk with that. And the the fact that they're the best position, best players in their position helps the pool but the fact that they come in and help the system you see Fabinho when he when he was missing a couple a couple of times through the last season um you know the, the midfields well 
when it, when the midfield was covering for the defence, the system broke down. When the system's not there, the team's not as good. Even though you still got Mohamed Salah playing last season, you know still scores goals when when the chance to present to them. When the system's breaking down, you, everyone's like, "But where are we?" Here? So there's no as much as I will miss Sadio if and when he does confirm his move this summer. I've got more faith now. It, we're going forward with this maybe Nunes, you know, with Diaz. We've seen the evidence of it, but we, from the FSG point of view, you've got to be good at our future proofing and you've got to be good at it because you can't say we're doing this model high up, you know, absolutely no, no matter what we're doing, we're sticking to this model. You'd have to be successful to do it. And, you know, thankfully for us, they are. And they've got the best of everything in place, best manager, best, you know, I don't like the way down to the nutritionist. This whole club is, is functioning on that. We do our best and everyone else will come into place and, and that's where we are at the minute. And it's it's boss to be a part of, really. It's boss to be a part of, Paul. I'll come back to you on this, this, this wages cultural point, which I think is one of the conclusions you're being able to draw from everything that we're seeing. It isn't that Liverpool don't have you know, a very big wage bill. Uh, if you go back to 2022, it, they've got the second highest come the end of the season, second only to Manchester City. 2021, obviously, I'm getting these figures from Swiss Ramble. Uh, they are, uh, by that point, they're down to fourth, but these this is back to the idea of an incentivised contract. So they're a little bit behind Manchester United, who are themselves a teeny bit, uh, 3% behind Chelsea. Uh, Manchester City, 3.55 at the top of that, having been 3.51 the year before. My point here is that in there, in those numbers, you get to see a couple of things. One is that Liverpool's wage bill is competitive with the other four established Champions League sides, allowing for Manchester United's Mm -hmm. fall from grace. But the other thing that's interesting in it is, simultaneously, you can see just in those little shifts how incentivised Liverpool's contracts are. And it feels as though this culture of, firstly, there's huge parity between the top six or seven earners. They're very, very close together. They're all on around sort of 200 grand a week, if we believe the published figures. There appears to be Liverpool's wage structure doesn't. What I'm trying to begin to drive at, and what I'm beginning to sort of realise, is that Liverpool's wage structure isn't just a financial structure. It feels as though it's also a cultural one. We all win together, and if we don't win, then we all suffer that together. That that's that's clear as day for me. There's, and I think that's where the issue lies. When I think it's become apparent over the last few weeks that we had genuine interest in Kylian Mbappe. Genuine, like we're at the table for him maybe not as hard as what Real Madrid were, but Real Madrid would have signed Kylian Mbappe, what felt at all costs, and PSG pretty much did re-sign Kylian Mbappe at all costs. Liverpool were never, ever, ever going to do that. So if you want to buy into this sporting project, great, but there's there's no disparity really between... There, there is obviously disparity in the earners, but I think all those on the top money are at a pretty similar level. And even if it's... You know, if Fabinho and Mo Salah are within 70 grand of each other, then fine. But if Fabinho and Kylian Mbappe are within 700 grand of each other, then there's there's a big cultural issue, isn't there, within the club? So Liverpool, uh, what do you say, the fourth... Top four. Last season it was fourth. This season there's every chance it'll be it'll be higher than that because they won the two cups, came second, and got the two finals. They got the final. There's also a chance that the actual bonuses are paid linked not to whether or not you win the league, but they might be linked to your points haul mm. come the end of the season. I think there's every you know we'll just think the metrics will be a win bonus thing, mm. but I think there's every chance they're much more complex than that for individual players. So we won't know this year. We're all, one of the things this is always a difficult conversation is you're always a year behind. Yeah, and it's also worth saying that I think of the top six, it wouldn't surprise me if Liverpool's contract 
contracts are the most incentivized, but that doesn't mean Manchester City's contracts aren't also incentivized as well. You've got to not get carried away. We don't get to see the fine print, but there's, you know, that's why it wouldn't surprise me if this season, for instance, I mean, United have gone out and put the huge outlay in at the start of the campaign on, for instance, Ronaldo. So United might still be up there. They might outstrip Liverpool, but I don't, I wouldn't think it'd be by much because Liverpool's players play every game, win two trophies and are one game away from winning four. So I think that that'll be reflected in the overall eventual wage bill. I mean, they're paying the goalkeeper 400 grand a week, you know, um, and, and I imagine Ronaldo is well in excess of that. So, yeah. you know, that, that that's a problem for Manchester United. And if you're, if you're Eric Ten Hag, that's maybe one you're looking to address over your first 18, 18 months, two years at the club. But for Liverpool, I, I think... Um, I think it's I think it's really smart the, the model that they're adopting. I think it works because again, Ian's point from earlier, when you're signing players from other leagues across Europe that aren't the obvious targets, and you're finding Luis Luis Diaz's and even you know even Mo Salah was this sort of signing, wasn't he? He's not now. We've made we've made Mo Salah to be Mo, Mo Salah, you know, Player of the Year, Ballon, Ballon d'Or contender. What Sadio Mane the, the same, you know. If we keep doing that, then we don't have to get into this five, six hundred grand a week category mm. because the scouting's better. The 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 and we're we're on, we're getting players who are on thirty, forty grand a week in their leagues and going all right. We'll treble your wages and trebling your wages is great for everyone, you know. Yeah. So, but if you're trying to treble, a, 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 I don't know, a Declan Rice's wages or one of these, Declan Rice's will be the top earner at West Ham, an established Premier League club. You've you've got problems trebling them wages. I think as well. I mean. It does not make it easy when you're very, very competitive in all competitions and you're going on all fronts and actually you can say to the player, you're going to get well looked after. You may not get Real Madrid money or Man City money, but you're going to get well looked after. And by the way, there's a good chance you're going to be in the last four of the Champions League pretty much most seasons. You know, take code out of it, for instance. Liverpool are there and competing a lot of the time in the Champions League last of stages and you're going to be challenging for league titles as well. It's a great sell because I think everything that comes out of the club and you know, people like Henderson and Milner talk about this a lot. The culture, the attitude of all the players, and it is all the players by all accounts. You know, there's there's no bad eggs in there. And I think, you know, having that right culture is really important. And some of that will come down to the kind of money aspect. You know, Paul mentioned there the the kind of the gayest stuff. I mean, that's that must cause absolute chaos at United because as soon as someone comes in, and if it is Ronaldo or someone else of a similar kind of stature, well, so Sancho, want Sancho is one who, who, and I, I thought he was. I think he's great. I wish he'd. I wish we bought him last summer. I still won't. You know, I'm not going to go back on the fact that I think he'd, he'd be a real addition to Liverpool. But suppose that he's walking and asking for three, three hundred, three seventy-five a week, and he's won nothing. No, you know what I mean. Dortmund, he's won nothing. He's a really exciting player, but he's able to say, "Well, I'll take three hundred grand a week because you're paying." That yeah, he'll feel like he can have that conversation yeah. and, and, and legitimately have it because the goalkeeper's getting four hundred k. So. I think, you know, Paul mentions the Mbappe stuff there and I think it was quickly put to bed that, listen, Liverpool aren't doing the job if they're not interested in killing Mbappe, that they've got to be having or, or wanting a conversation. But as soon as the numbers get to where the numbers probably end up, they've got to be sensible about it. You know, the manager was very front foot about Haaland. He said, we're not going to be interested, we're not going to be involved in that because they must have got whiff of the numbers, we're going to be insane and therefore, you know, listen, obviously it's like a Haaland at your club because he looks absolutely stellar. But, you know, Liverpool have got to be thinking more about just than just the actual footballer. They've got to be thinking about that cultural piece as well. And that's what they've been able to get right. And everything points to, as I said before, they may well have got another one over the line here who's about to hit really, really good numbers. Likely ramifications, Mike. Man, Sadio Mane's been mentioned already. Taki Minamino uh, looks as though he could be on his way. What I would point out to is that the, the likely fees for the, the two of these are, is likely to be in the vicinity of about 75% of the upfront, uh, not the not the staggered payments, but the upfront Nunes fee. Uh, but 
realistically, I mean, and the, 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 despite all of Minamino's heroics last season, they, it, they are two footballers in two different categories where Liverpool's concerned, don't get me wrong, but it does look as though both of them uh, will be playing the trade somewhere else next season. Mane, almost certainly by Munich, Minamino doesn't appear to be short of suitors. No, and I, I don't begrudge uh, Minamino for, for wanting the move. If, if he's if he's sort of wanted it, then, you know, hats off to him. He's, he's been a part of what, what it was, a historic season for Liverpool. Um and he can go and whether he stays in the Premier League or, or not, he can go and play his trade and, and be a good be a be a good footballer for another team. The, the Mane ones probably a bit hard to take because we know what level he is. But it's 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 easier to take when when we've been so proactive. Um, and you know, we, there's questions about what, what what do we do from here? We pretty much know how a Liverpool Jurgen Klopp team plays. Nine times out of ten, it's four three three, but we will change now and again. But the Nunes thing coming in and being a bit being six two and strong gives us more options to be more flexible. Round, you know, we also lost Divacarigi this summer, and he was probably our most, you'd say, number nine, most conventional, most conventional. You know, he could hold. I remember the goal against Everton, where you know we set up for Robinson. It comes off him holding the ball up in the box off his chest. And he, he gives it back to Salah, I think, and it, uh, it's a thing back post and we score. That's 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 what we probably start seeing more of with Nunes, the evolution going forward, maybe. So as much as we you know, we are losing sort of numbers, potentially, we, we need to start looking at more, doing more business, obviously, going forward. We've lost Taki, we, you know, potentially lose Taki, we've lost Divock and, and Sadio's going, but has potentially already been replaced. It's not... Us as fans are seeing this as a summer, and I think you mentioned it before, Liverpool are looking 12, 18 months down the line. So, w- yeah, what we're seeing now is Nunes coming in. You know, they've probably already got something lined up for someone in midfield, whether it's Bellingham, whether it's somebody else for when you know Milner eventually retires. Henderson's 31, Thiago's in his 30s now. You know, Paul mentioned before the Real Madrid thing, we sort of, we sort of are doing that as we are. Canate comes in at 22 and you know, is, is playing next to Verge and, and Matup. You know, Gomez has had a bit of a, a rebirth, hasn't he, from this season, coming out right back. This squad is perfectly balanced at the minute and to to keep it so we need to we need to be clever and, and act like we are. And, you know, as long as we keep doing that we'll we'll keep having the night star of attracted Nunes when we've we've knocked on the door apparently he's you know, he's had a bit of a chat to to Klopp that's persuaded them because there will have been clubs knocking around. We we know United have been interested, but you're not telling me that Chelsea weren't looking or Tottenham weren't looking. I don't imagine there's much <clears throat> much persuading a player from Benfica to come to Liverpool at the moment. I think the the sort of feel good factor around Liverpool for the last few years is felt across the. I know, I know in, in domestically everyone loves to have a, a snipe, but I think I felt this in in Paris when I was there. You know, I, I felt the positivity towards us as a football club from from um, the PSG supporters or whatever that you bumped into around the ground and, and other European ways. That you, even if you're just in a taxi with a taxi driver and then you talk that you're a Liverpool fan, it was it was all positive. But um, the thing I was going to say is I think... I think um, I think that the, the issue with obviously has been so successful so far under the the, the clock the clock here is that you have to start saying goodbye to, to some footballers and that's where that's where we're at with Sadio. You know, you've got all this all these memories of of him winning well everything. And I think that's the hardest bit. And it's pretty new for us as a you know, especially most people in this room, you know, that they they're living through their first 
successful generation. But I think well, it's continually successful. It's not like when Torres goes mm-hmm. and you've just had Hodgson and you've just got massive uncertainty. Yeah. It's you've had it a is, season or you, you've yeah. you've had a bit of a purple patch. Well, this isn't a purple patch. This is where we are as a. As it's the reality. Club. No, it's the reality where we are, and you know there's going to be players on sort of farewell tours, and if you have to say goodbye to Mo Salah next year, that that'll be equally as tough as saying goodbye to Sadio. Um, you know, but I think I think the other problem that you get from this is you can't hold it against footballers when they've come in, they've done they've done what they come here to do. Is I want to win everything, all right? Well, you've done that, all right? Well, maybe I need I do need. You understand their desire for a new challenge, and if if Salah feels the same or whatever, then fine. And a new challenge, and possibly, and this is I'm not saying this is a disparaging at all. If Mane is going to get offered a hundred grand a week to put more to play for Bayern Munich than than Virgil Van Dijk gets to play for Liverpool, yeah. then. I'm absolutely fine with that. That's I'm absolutely, fine. I'd be absolutely fine if Sadio Mane came out and said that. I'd go, yeah, that's that's understandable, mate. It's your it's your last big contract of your mm-hmm. career, by all means. If Liverpool have got their model and they're not to pre- prepared to break their model for you, but Bayern Munich can accommodate you earning a hundred grand a week more than Virgil Van Dijk, and we're not prepared to do it. All the best. Yeah, and you know, again, I, I, I was going to say completely respect. It. I'm not sure I completely respect it, but I I, I understand it. You know. Um, so yeah, that that's fine. I think I think we this is this is the world we live in, really, isn't it? That the, uh, you, you you look at these footballers and go, they're, they're uber wealthy. They you know it's fine. But I was listening to one of the golfers in the week, and they they were talking about well, I'm I'm a forty year old golfer here, and I'm getting offered four, five, six times the money that I'm I'm getting on the PGA tour. Then yeah, I'm old, of course, of course I'm going. So it's it's sort of understandable. I think the I think the good thing is though, and this is the this is the nice the upside of this is you go. When when players used to leave Liverpool, I didn't used to understand it because I was blinded by love. And I remember from for Mascarano, I was, I was I was heartbroken when he went. And then I remember he just like a press conference the day he leaves Barcelona, and behind him is everything he's won. And I went. You know, it's me six, seven years more mature at the time as well. I, I, my toys were back in the pram. And um, I went, well, I, I completely understand this move. Well, you don't have to do that now because when Sadio Mane leaves and Darwin, Nune, Darwin Nunes comes in, he can go, hey, yeah, look at what all I've won here. You go and do the same. You know, and that, that's, that's a big sell for any player coming into the club. Yeah, and I think, I think it matters when the players leave as well. So I think if Sadio Mane was 26 or 27, and his best years were still ahead of him. He'd be thinking, not great that. If Liverpool aren't willing to pay the money and he's still got some of his best years, you're thinking, is that the right move? But when you look at a player, and listen, I'm not saying players have finished at 30, but there's no doubt in my mind, Liverpool have had his best years. And I want Sadio Mane to stay, by the way. I want him to stay. You know, you're less concerned now because you've brought in a shiny new toy and that's literally how these things tend to work. I think the other selling points to the players as well, which is really important. So you can talk about, yeah, we'll look after you financially. We'll look after you from a competitive point of view because we'll be in for the big trophies. But we'll also make you better. We'll make you better. You'll be a better player. There's loads and loads of case studies where you come into this club, you're at a certain level. Guess what? This manager makes you better. He takes you to another level. You want to be better? Come and work for him. So there's that as well. And everyone wants to be better. You want you want to reach new levels. You want to reach new heights. You can do it under this guy because he's got a track record of turning players into superstars on his watch. So, That's literally what he does. So Ian, with, for instance, you mentioned there, Divock's gone. Uh, Minamino almost certainly going. Mane almost certainly going. So is this five? Firmino, Salah, and then the three who are, you know, it looks, look like they're going to be brought through. Jota, uh, Nunes and Diaz. Plus Carvalho and Gordon, 
uh, if Carvalho, the rumours about Carvalho, is that the right balance going into the season as far as you're concerned? There's there's the senior five, then you've got Carvalho, then you've got Gordon. I think you do put, have to put them in two different categories given the age. But Gordon, it's worth remembering, I always say he, he starts the League Cup semi-final second leg at Arsenal. Liverpool have obviously got a fair bit of trust for this lad up to a point. You know, I think we might see a little bit more Gordon this season. Do you think that that's, that's the balance that, that pushes through this season? Yeah, I think sitting here right now, that, that feels absolutely fine to me. You've, you've got five senior players for, what, three positions and you're backed up by the two young lads as well. And I don't, Elliot in the and you got Harvey Elliott, potentially you can do. I mean, I, I actually think I'd like to see Elliot more withdrawn because I think it suits his skill set. You know, the fact that he's not maybe kind of got that blister and pace and stuff. I think it's quite good to maybe see him slightly further back. But, you know, they'll play about with Danny. He may end up further forward over time. I think Cavalio is interesting because I don't quite know his level and I think it's hard to ascertain it because he's been operating in the Championship. But again, the numbers look good for me. Getting him in, really, really good age in the team of the year for the Championship. Um, don't expect to see loads and loads of him. But I think the other five that you've mentioned, that feels... That feels perfectly fine for me. I think they will have to have an eye on Firmino's injury record because it, it does seem to be missing more and more starts, games. It starts to just be one of them when he just picks them up here and there. Yeah, and it? you wouldn't want it to be just having four because that maybe then feels a bit light over the course of a, a season which is going to be incredibly kind of crammed. You know, you've talked about it loads, Neil, that, that first part of the season. You know, to get all the Champions League games out of the way, what is it, early November, they're all done and dusted. Yeah. So you're playing pretty much every three days from the kickoff. So it's going to test one or two. But I think... What else they can point to over this season is they're quite good at correcting some of that. So they've done it with Matter, where they've got him right, you know, after a number of seasons where he's he's been hit by injuries. And actually it feels like they've made a bit of a a bit of a shift with Kiter as well in terms of fitness. It certainly felt like he was available far more last season than he has been in previous years. So I'm sure they'll be working on stuff with Firmino to get him fit and ready. But that for me feels like a good five. There's <clears throat> You, you, you said there, and you don't think you'll see loads of Cavalio. I actually think you will see loads of Cavalio. And it's, uh, and I'm talking about start. No, no, I know, I know, you maybe see him off the bench and stuff. Well, I think five subs is is going to be uh, yeah. is is the big change for this season. Um, and I think if you're talking about flat track bullies as you were earlier, Neil, I think if Liverpool get two or three nil up in this season, the the maddest, you know, obviously the the World Cup being at Christmas time is is. It's never happened in my lifetime. This no, no, it's, you never, know, happened uh, it's no. never happened before. So it's it's new. So some players are going to get a, a real rest, but so you can really run some players. I think. I mean, in terms of starts now, so Salah could start every game between now and Christmas, and then have an equivalent preseason to the one he's getting now. You know. So, but I think if you see Liverpool get to three 0 up. That's when you're going to start seeing your Cavalios and your, your Kate Gordons and stuff. At, say at home to Brentford, Liverpool three 0 up on sixty. Okay, all off. Keep them fresh to go because you've got another game, as you say, in three days' time, which I want you ready for to and blitz them in sixty. I think there's going to be a lot of that from Liverpool and City this season. There is, therefore, you know where we end up here, Mike is. They're all in for pre-season, as Ian said before. That feels like it's important to the manager uh, in the in sorting out his attacking sense. Other movements, you know, I've talked about a couple of outs there with Divock going, uh, Mane and Minamino. There'll be a couple of others maybe to go as well. They might still be looking at a midfielder. The right back from Aberdeen looks closer, keeps making more noise. You think he'll be in for pre-season as well. So allowing for the fact that Nunes goes through, allowing for the fact that uh, Ramsey from Aberdeen looks as though it'll happen. Are you expecting them to do anything else? I think they do need to do a midfielder, um, but mainly for, for future-proofing, really. And, and the fact that we've got two contracts coming up in, in the same summer, Cater and Chamberlain, who I... I I'm, honestly, I don't. I don't. I think Chamberlain probably moves this summer. To be honest, um, although you know he's he, he gets he gets twenty nine appearances or something like that. Only so twenty twenty yeah. plus appearances last season just gone. 
Um, uh, so I think that's the position now we, 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 we'll have been mainly focusing on. I think there'll be conversations around for me, you know, in, in terms of future. Maybe give him a year or two extension and see how he goes this season. I think the injuries this season are going to be completely defined on whether or not they offer Firmino another deal. Yeah, mm. probably. and it'll just be year by year at that point as well. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I think you, I think you, with, with, with Firmino as well, you probably got a, a player who, who's absolutely you know acceptable of that situation as well. He's, he's. I think he. I seen something the other day which took me by surprise, considering he's you know he's the, the original front threes in with Mane and Salah. He's, he's actually second. In Klopp's time over goals and assists yeah. combined, which is frightening when you think about how he got criticised for not scoring enough goals. He's, he's actually second in that list of three players. Phenomenal. So hopefully the injuries aren't too impactful and he can he can be there while we progress going forward. But yeah, I, I going back to the what would you expect? I don't expect a massive surprise. Like I don't think they go and do a Bellingham uh, financially. Probably massively doesn't work. And also Dortmund themselves with with the fact that they've let, they've, they've let Haaland go. Do you know what, though? We say that. I think the money we're bringing in for... for I'm Neil, we've been doing these transfer committee shows and whatnot. I think... Because, you, you, as you said, you're bringing 70 75% of, of the value of Nunes in. There's got to be some money knocking around the club. There has, there has to be. I think so there will be. I think if the right target's available, I, I, can't, I can only see a world and where, where Liverpool go for them. I don't, you know, I, did I did I think Darwin Nunes on the last day of the season was a target for Liverpool? No, but I, I, I didn't. Obviously, we weren't fully aware of the Mane situation. There was there was murmurs at that time, but I think. I think I think Liverpool need another midfield. I think that's almost certain. They probably collected a lot of wages as well. Don't forget that like the outs going out there. You know, Mane's pretty much being replaced by Nunes, so that's fine. And then you lose Divox wages, which I don't. Know, you you think James, James Milner took a contract mm. yeah. reduction? There's, there's, and then you, if you do lose Oxley Chamberlain, Minamino, even, even lads like Nat Phillips off the wage bill and a transfer fee and for them and whatnot. It, it adds up to being able to go again, I feel. And I, I could I, make an argument for, for Bellingham and, and, and saying, look, he's young and do it now because after the World Cup, he might go even, you know, even bigger in terms of price. You see, I think, I think, Mike, and this is back to the fact that these contracts these days, it's not just this is how much you get in a week. It really wouldn't surprise me if, if, there's, a, if there's a Haaland-esque Bellingham clause mm-hmm. after doing so many seasons of Dortmund that Liverpool are able to, in the same way that, you know, City yeah. have ended up paying loads out in agent fees, don't get me wrong, but... Harland has the the transfer fee is agreed in the contract and it really wouldn't so Grealish had that last season with City uh, where he agreed the transfer fee in with Villa it was and I, not least because I actually think it suits clubs and players the the club who currently owns the player and the player themselves to say if someone just pays this price you're gone I think I I think I, I don't know I don't know with Bellingham but he's obviously a great footballer I I don't understand why everyone's convinced that we're front of the queue for him because it just like it, it, for me it feels like a Haaland example of, of course he's good but he feels like the sort of transfer fee and wages the, the minute he lights up that is going to be similar to the Haaland move and that Liverpool don't go anywhere near so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some lad knocking around a Fiorentina who does all the same you know same sort of numbers same you know and and Liverpool just go well actually it's going to be half the price half the wages and we can think we can get a similar outcome. I think we do two over two years though that's the point I think we'll do one this summer and one next I, I think we'll do one midfielder this summer and one next I think they need to do that I think I think you know the points being made about getting one in now I think it's right I think if you look at the midfield and there's not many areas of, of weakness in this Liverpool squad but I do think they could do with another quality one in the middle of the park just to supplement what they've got and I think your point then about to do another one next year, I think it's also right because you've then got Henderson and Thiago another year older to the point where you're thinking, well, 
maybe their best year, certainly Henderson's maybe, could be behind them come next year in terms of what you've asked them to do over a number of years. You know, you the felt legs like he was start being to go a little season, bit. Yeah, I think mm. so. And I think Henderson has a bit of a there's an unusual season, I think. I think there was Plays times... a lot of games, though. He does play a lot of games. Yeah. And I actually think he gets better. You know, I think first half of the season, there was times I was looking at him thinking, you look a little bit below your best, you know, Jordan. You know, there was outliers, don't get me wrong, Old Trafford, Goodison Park. But over the first part of the season, he just looked a little bit below his normal levels. But then, you know, towards the end of the campaign, he's really getting Liverpool, you know, firing and he's, he's adding lots and lots of value and stuff. So I think they will have an eye on one this summer, one next summer. I think it's important they do that because, again, back to the amount of games... Liverpool Aston midfielders do an awful lot of work. I think they do need another one I, in there. That's why I think with the, with the number of games, I genuinely expect, and I, I think that there's you can actually at times make the pros arguments for, for Henderson in the position. Um, and I, I actually think there's an interesting little analysis of the final where I think Real Madrid are quite happy for Fabinho to have the ball uh, because they don't think he's going to hurt them. Uh, when you watch the game back, there's a lot of them sort of being, they, they, they block off Fabinho's options rather than close Fabinho. And we've seen Fabinho get harried in a few games, but it's interesting Madrid go the other way. They block off the options and the routes out for him and just sort of say, well, where are you going to go? I think there might be a lot of Henderson at six and the idea that it helps, it protects Fabinho, it protects Henderson, that the two of them share that role this season, especially because the games come so thick and fast. But if you do that, you've got a question as to, mm. well, who's playing your right-hand side of your three? I think Nunes might unlock well. a bit of Fabinho's passes because he's got, I remember at some point, he's got like this mad, like nice through ball, quite direct through the middle and we haven't really had like a big... No, he's not, he's not been able to hit that, hit that as so he, yeah. he'll have that now um, if next time he comes up against Madrid and he's got that space he might just be able to go well sound I'll put him on his chest put over there but I think that's what you'll see but I think if you do that and certainly if Chamberlain's going and I think you've got a big decision to make around Keita and there might be an offer that comes comes in for Keita if he's only got a year left and that's going to put it on Liverpool's toes but I think you've got a I think I've got to add a midfielder this summer I'm not saying I think they take one for Keita if, if a decent one comes in I think if a decent one comes in I think they would but then there'd be even more and what they might then end up doing is riding Chamberlain out and just saying mm. well you're staying you're doing the year with us uh, I and we'll let you go one of them knows and one is almost forced to stay I, I, I don't know but I don't think I, don't, I think they'd be, they'd be to let Keita's contract ebb. I think Keita's the only one, Paul, where I think I think they're in complete control of what's been going on with Mane and Salah and Firmino, the contracts they do last summer. I think the, I think they're in, I think they're happy enough with the Chamberlain situation. I feel, and I could be wrong, and it might be that they're listening to this somewhere saying, what the fuck does this prick know? But I feel Keita's the only one they're not entirely in control of. Yeah, I, I think, because yeah. they've not really been able to make a decision to back him because he's not put the performances quite in as you'd like, but he's shown all the potential at times. So I think Keita's the one where they're a little out of control of with his... With his yeah, his age is a little bit different as well. Exactly, he's, he's, not, he's 27. Yeah. So there's still, there's still value in them, and there's still it's 27 now. Sorry, yeah. There's still um, there's still potential for them to get better. You know where we were talking about Sadio. The, the best years could still be ahead of them. Could definitely, mm. yeah. So I mean, you you wouldn't want to get into a position with Napi Keita this year, where he's the uh, a leading life for Liverpool, and then all of a sudden he's out of contract come come June. So I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if something happens there. I, w- I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see Liverpool do him midfield, and I think. I think the main thing that stands out for me is the age of Thiago Henderson, obviously Milner. The 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 you're in a risky territory there if you especially in this season of all seasons. I think they've pulled front loaded with their with their front line from January. I think that was it was smart. They knew they knew the impact of Afcon and whatnot that was that was on the players and doing Diaz then was smart. I think that they could potentially go all right. We're gonna we're gonna front load midfield for this season. And see maybe two walk out the door next season. One, one almost certainly being Milner in, in a capacity, and maybe it's one of the Kaiser or Chamberlain who stick around. I think the, the other side on that though is that it isn't just when you say the ages of Henderson, Milner, Thiago, 
pull Fabinho out of it for a minute, you know, I, I feel as though it's also literally the ages of Jones and Elliot. Like, I think they probably quite like to have a lad in there as 24. Mm. Uh, and that's what they haven't got there. And, you know, Keita's now, he's 27 at the time as we're going through this. I think Chamberlain's 28. Fabinho, I think, is 28. And then you've got Henderson, Milner and Thiago in the 30s. Milner deep into his 30s. I I think that they probably quite like to have, to have had one who was 24 right now. And that might be what they go and recruit. And it might not be someone who's going to, who's going to revolutionise the position. It might not, I, I think there's every chance they go and buy a fourth-choice centre-mids, if you know what I mean. I think there's every chance, if there was a final, the lad the so, next buy in the position. So where Jota is almost... that, And that, I think that's uh, I think that's true as well. So when we were doing that, the transfer committee, I was looking across the list of targets and players like Basuma stood out because they were Premier League experience. It's similar to where you were with Wijnaldum, where you were with Oxley chamberlain at a point where they, they weren't, as you say, the youngest at the club. And they, they certainly weren't anywhere near the oldest or they get someone to buy more time who's 27 but I think I think there's an optimal age and you're seeing that with where they buy Diaz they pull like a 24 year old I think who do you think's got the next level especially when they think they've, as you say they've got Jones coming through that they've got um, sorry uh, Elliot as well coming through I, I, I could see that being the age and that's where Bellingham and maybe Gavi as well I think oh you can't you can't have too much potential because you know, do you win anything with kids? I mean, Gavi will be, I mean, a phenomenal sign. We'll yeah. get them out of Barcelona, just even with the financial issues that they're facing. And the minimum feels fee. feels difficult. So feels you know, it, it, though, it? Yeah. it feels like a lot more mature, even though he's a year younger. Yeah, but, but I think the Curtis Jones one is is interesting because it it does feel like a big season for Jones because oh, I think enormous. I think you know I, I've been someone who's been in his corner a lot of the time. I actually think rightly so. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> for, for, for a lot of it. But no, Young he players playing for Liverpool. But he does, but he does get a lot of stick. Yeah, he does get a lot of stick, Neil. Um, both at the match and across social media, you know, despite the things you've just said. But I do think, you know, they have obviously been working with him and developing him and stuff. But I think it's almost that that tipping point now, that crunch point, where does he go on and become the footballer that they think he can be? Or does he actually just become a decent Premier League footballer whose future maybe lies at an Aston Villa or somewhere else? Because he's not quite... He's not quite the level that we're looking for. I think Southampton away does him a world of favours. Uh, the performance and also, I think there's there's enough. I think there's enough individual performances from last season where you're able to go. Look at Porto, Absolutely. well Porto, Look at Porto. We, Porto. He's fantastic. There's, there's, I think there's lots of games. I think for him it's about and it, sometimes you know he doesn't always get picked, so it's difficult to do it it's consistently. About the games up, but it? it's about linking them up and then showing almost that pattern of you know five or six games where you're influencing football matches on a consistent basis at a high level. It's not the ones and twos, but again, difficult when you're only getting picked now and again. I think I big, big season that with for him him. as well, you know. I'll be honest because I, Porto fine, but obviously we've we swept aside Porto, and when we made them changes for the Southampton game, and you, as you see you see them in field, and Milner was fantastic first half, but Jones was brilliant throughout, you know. And I thought and he plays the Villa game as well, doesn't yeah. he? So he, he has. I thought he went through the motions a bit in the Villa game, but then I was like, okay. I, I almost need a reminder with Jones. Yes, there is a, a, a potentially really exciting young footballer in them there because I've, I always felt it was just just do the simple thing, the boring thing almost. Which with a young footballer, you want to be excited by him, don't you? And, and I've seen that with Elliot. I've mm. had I've had flashes, especially earlier on this season. I'm like, oh wow, he's going to be a really special footballer. And I've never felt that with Curtis. I, I, I feel like he's a good footballer, but I feel he's I think he's really unlucky because 
for the last 20 years, he'd have been a, a mainstay of a Liverpool team. Young scouse lad, everyone would have been behind him, but we weren't absolutely elite. He's now mm. he's now playing with Thiago and Fabinho. You know, that 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 that's a level that he's really got to really work hard to get to. I also think his natural instincts go against what the club want to do with him as well. They want to make him that more more safe football in terms of giving it sometimes and going and not maybe being as, as kind of as off the cuff as he probably liked to be and I think his natural instincts are to be off the cuff and to try a shot from 25 yards yeah. but actually Liverpool want him to be a bit more cautious a bit more considerate do some of that stuff as well but it's about picking and choosing your moment of when you do it he's got that Atkinson and the, uh, the, the Kenny shouting at him for shooting hasn't he so <laughs> hey, I tell you what I'm, I'm a nothing but support of, uh, of, uh, of Curtis Jones uh, he's never ever ever going to be a you for me it is fair to say I uh, Think he could think he's potentially absolutely brilliant. Listen, everyone excited, looking forward to the new season now. Can't wait. New yes. signings, hey! It's amazing what they do. Big lads, big lads playing up front. It's the core of football. Hit the big man, pick up the pits. Well, it lifted <laughs> us in January, didn't it? You know, the, the, the Diaz thing picked us up in January. I mean, tra- transfers weirdly because. We're so bloody good. They're not, they don't never feel as important uh, as they used to because a transfer you were you were hoping that you got a Suarez and they were going to transform your uh, transform your life into the the one we already have now. Where transfers now is just it's about prolonging this joy that we've currently got on the Liverpool team and I'm I'm all for hundred million pounds into forwards. It's uh, it's going to be prolonged. Liverpool are not going to hit the big man and pick up the bits. By the way, let's be crystal clear about that. They're going to find a way to integrate them and still play brilliant stuff. That means that Liverpool can break ninety points. Liverpool can make Champions League finals. They can pick up cups. Uh, nothing is stopping. This is rolling on. It's rolling all the way, all the way at least to 2026, where the manager's contract takes him, because that's his plan. And I think we're all on board with his plan. That's the Anfield wrap. It's been Paul, it's been Ian, it's been Mike, Andy's produced. Just can't wait, can you? So much to come. <laughs>